Welcome to Power of Her Podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine Anderson, but most people just call me Jazz. This podcast consists of interviews with amazing women in Michigan to hear their story and learn about their passions. Be sure to subscribe and rate us. Also, follow us on Instagram at Power of Her Podcast for updates. Now, enjoy the episode. So I have Sarah Waston here with me today. Hi. Hey, what's going on? Nothing much. So welcome. Thank you for having me, Jasmine. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited. Um, so I always start with the same question um, because, you know, I feel like on a lot of different podcasts, the host typically introduces the guest. But I always think that it's interesting to just allow you to introduce yourself. So who are you? Uh, I've actually been working on this answer, who am I? Um, so that's funny that you, you know, it's in my ball court now to finally say it. Um, <laughs> so first and foremost, I'm Sarah Waston. Like you said, um, it's the S before the T. Um, I am a black female designer. Um, in two different industries. I um, am in the fashion industry, obviously like what, what we're talking about today with my lingerie, and I'm also a designer in the automotive industry. So um, I feel like I am a pillar in representation um, overall for design and in the design community where um, certain niche products are lacking diversity um, within lingerie and also in the automotive field. Uh, so I bear that responsibility. Um, I'm a wife, uh, now seven years. Um, I got married fairly young, but, um, the beauty in that is growing together and, um, we've kind of flourished in that type of partnership, uh, first and foremost. And then also I'm a mom. I have three kids. They're all like step stare kind of kids so like just pray for me when it comes to year four because I don't want another <laughs> but um sorry just being shit. no no that's your story tell your story 11 one just turned six and then the other is um is one so that's what I mean like you know catch me in three years just you know just in case um we'll be praying for you thank you so yeah that's in a nutshell um I am a lover of words. Um, I'm a lover of like deep conversations, like, you know, the ones that we're gonna have, um, colors, textures, anything that can influence mood and um, and create a deeper thought within something. I think that, that that's really who I am. Uh, it's kind of like an optimistic designer in, in, in that sense. That's awesome. That's really cool. So as a child, what did you wanna be when you grew up? I wanted to be a fashion designer. Um, I will never forget um, back when Destiny Shaw came out with the Independent Women music video. Mm -hmm. uh, asked my mom, could she take me to Joanne Fabrics? And what I did was I got like this fuchsia mix. I will never forget. I got this fuchsia and orange kind of geometric pattern um, fabric that I made a jumpsuit out of. Mm -hmm. I just like drew the shape on the fabric of a jumpsuit and then sewed the two sides together. Right? Oh my goodness. So, and then when I put it on, 
the crotch like stopped at my knees. <laughs> so I couldn't even wear it. But that was the start. Yeah. You knew what you wanted. I knew what I wanted to do. I just needed, you know, the vehicle to get me there. So right. um, I always wanted to be a fashion designer some capacity. Um, I just, I, I noticed that music videos and essentially, you know, those moods were always a part of me wanting to recreate that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. recreate that. So whether it was like Aaliyah, I remember like tearing up and bleaching my jeans just yes. like that, you know, or Brandy and her style. I was just like so influenced by fashion design um, that, I mean, like I knew about June Ambrose when I was little, little because of how she, you know, designed and kind of created that ethos around Missy Elliott and, you know, people like that. So I've always wanted to be a fashion designer. I just didn't know what kind. Yeah. So I guess tell us a little bit about your journey. Like, did you always, I know you always wanted to be a fashion designer, but did you always know that you wanted to, I guess, be an entrepreneur in that? Um, And did your, your plans change over time? Yeah, no, um, I didn't want to be an, I, well, I, I don't say I didn't want to be, but I wasn't aware of entrepreneurship at that time. Um, my mom was in Blue Cross Blue Shield, and then my dad, um, he, he was a part of CATA. He was like a lead, a lead driver. Um, so all I knew was blue collar work. Um, but I mean, that, that doesn't tarnish any, any type of um, hard work that comes with it. You know, like we were extreme, like middle-class, but we knew like we had everything, right. you know what I mean? Like up with everything. So, um, I say all that to, to just say like, when I went to school, um, I actually had my daughter while, uh, when I graduated in high school, um, I had my oldest daughter and that was a, a learning curve for me because I knew I wanted to do fashion design, but Lansing didn't have those opportunities for me to create that. Um, and also with a brand new baby, I couldn't go out to like New York right? or, you know, like where those markets are really prevalent. So, um, I wound up moving still out of Lansing to go to Chicago and that's where I got my fashion design degree there. And, um, I would go back and forth on the train from Chicago to Lansing with my daughter, um, Thursday through Sunday, Monday through Wednesday, we were living like we physically lived in Chicago. So Monday through Wednesday, we lived there. Um, and by the time I got to my senior year, um, it was required for all the fashion design students to have uh, an internship within their field. And all internships were either unpaid or they required 40 hours. So that essentially knocked me out of the competition because mm-hmm. I couldn't do 40 hours with a brand new baby. Uh, well, at that point, you know, she's like one, right? but um, one or two, um, I couldn't do it with a, a baby. I didn't have anybody else in Chicago. We, it was just her and I, um, plus working to pay the rent. Um, so I, what I did was, um, I found an internship at Chrysler. Um, and I owe it all to the, chief color materials designer who was there she was the only actually black designer there um and with chrysler internship they were looking for fashion design students so um not only was it 
back home, essentially, just a couple hours outside of Lansing. Uh, you know, so Chrysler was Rochester Hills. Right. So it's like about a half drive, maybe, um, back to where I was from. Uh, not only did I have the location that fit better, but it was completely paid. So while I was in my senior year of college, I was essentially getting a full type of salary, like adults. Right. Um, you know what I mean? So that was nothing but a blessing um, and an opportunity for me to utilize my creativity and my um, free spirit in fashion design, but kind of make that more of a disciplined space with automotive. Um, so I had no clue how both of those worlds were work together, but thankfully they had that internship was like, yeah, you could fit. We'll, we'll make it work. And, and I've, I've been in automotive ever since. Right. So, so my journey kind of led to that. I, I always wanted to work for a fashion company. Um, you know, I always wanted to design for a fashion company like Victoria's Secret. I remember or um, Express. I just love like Express is really big back then, too. Yeah. Um, so but I, I just couldn't because at the start, all those fashion internships, you know, were free and they required 40 hours. So um, I continued to make garments on the side. Like while I was in Chicago, I was still working. But instead of doing an internship, um, you know, before I had moved out, I was making prom dresses uh, for girls out there. So I was still in the fashion world in a sense, but when it came to actual career choice, I, you know, I had to make the best decision for my, for my time there, which was, you know, move back, back to Michigan. Yeah. So I do have a question. So how do those worlds collide, I guess, with automotive and fashion design? Like, so, um, I found the biggest intersection between automotive and fashion design is the story. Right. So um, as you think of like, I'll just use Chrysler because that's where I started off as it, it, when you think about the products that they have, which is Jeep, you know, um, you also have Ram, which is like truck and kind of uh, blue collar there. Right. You know what I mean? So you, like camping, off roading, that is that aesthetic. You have Ram there. You have uh uh, Dodge, which is the Challenger, and you have like more cool muscle cars. Um, these are all personas. So with fashion design, I'm also designing for personas, um, you know, regardless. And and where I met the two were at, you know, well, what story are you trying to convey? You know what I mean? And um, just like I had to learn, so specifically my group, my my group at Chrysler was color materials color material design. So that's leather, that's chrome, that's paint, that's everything that goes within a car, both inside and outside. Um, and I knew nothing about cars. My, <laughs> my knew nothing, okay? I just knew that they drove. Right. Um, uh, so where I met that at was like, okay, for Jeeps, like if I want to propose um, a green interior, you know what I mean? Like I'm, uh, I'm helping design the green leather. I'm finding a paint that would match this you know, not magic for green, but like, okay, what kind of silver paint or what kind of gold paint could go with this? Right. So this, like building a story um, in a sense, but with a different type of application. That's so, so I fancy. Fun. Yeah. And, yeah. and then also I, I understand that, you know, from the outside looking in, people are like, well, a lot of the cars that I see are like black and then, you know, a silver paint. It never starts out that way. Right. It never 
connect on that way. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of like where the two meet each other is is within story and in creating those personas for each. So I, I still have my flexible fun there. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. So yeah. you have a lingerie company yeah. called Breakfast at Six. Mm-hmm. Um, so when did you first get the idea for your business? Um, so for, with Breakfast at Six, I always had that name in my mind. I don't know why. I was always kind of like the go-to person or friend who would like, I don't, I don't know why, like maybe I just gave off that persona, but like, you know, they'd be like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going here. What should I do? So like I'm setting the date. I'm setting the tone. I'm on the computer figuring out what she should wear. I'm even going on Victoria's Secret or wherever, you know, it's like to like find the undies. Like if you're going to go to, I don't know, let's just say, just for reference sake, if you're going to go to, um, what's that? Um, Benihana's, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like let's create a whole theme of night around like that. You know what I mean? And then at the end of the day, I don't know, maybe you could do like some aphrodisiac sushi on the table type of thing so like that was that was right set the scene for everybody um so like i was kind of in their business but then kind of not so so with breakfast at six it was really just about creating this innuendo of uh sensuality it was a big play on words like breakfast meaning like that's the most important part of your day right right it should be um, and then at six is more like um, a play on words. So, you know, sometimes people like read it like with sex or um, at six is indicating like it's the time or it's the location. It's always on your mind. Um, it's just like some kind of like this flow of words that um, help me set the tone for what it is. And then lingerie, like that specifically, because I would number one, I was always I was still sewing on the side um, and I had the opportunity to kind of start breakfast at six with um, a coworker at mine of mine at the time, she um, she kind of name dropped. She was going to a wedding that she was invited to, that was like kind of like a B list celebrity, okay. and I was like, oh well, if you're gonna go to her wedding, like let me you know let me give you a lingerie thing, you know like, and I put breakfast at six on there, you know like, and I, I put a whole card like. Hey, Hey, so and so, this is for you. You know, we are a brand new brand. I was just testing the water. Yeah. Um, come to find out that that bride um, was Jamie Chung. Um, she's like an Asian actress, okay. and her wedding was featured in Martha Stewart weddings. Um, so they didn't get a picture of the lingerie, but I still say that okay, it, it was a part of the whole thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Part of the wedding. <laughs> Jamie Chung had it. Um, uh, my coworker did tell me that, you know, like she looked at it intently. It was like, oh my God, this is so cute. So yeah. that, that's kind of how it got started. Um, and then, yeah, from there, it was just making it for specific brides and, and people who I knew, you know, were a little bit more deeper into their relationship to where they're wearing, you know, like lingerie. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it grew to a full, you know, a full span of, of, of lingerie products. That's awesome. And they're so cute. They're so, so cute. (laughs) So what are some of the biggest challenges you've had to overcome and how did you overcome them? That's a good question. Um, Some of the biggest challenges. um, So being a designer, I'll say I am not, I'm technical in a sense of like sewing, but 
everything else that comes with running a business, I just like, my eyes kind of roll back. I don't <laughs> like, but, but starting off, I had to be, you know what I mean? Like uh, the champion of all hats, right? Like marketing website, um, you know, outreach, all this kind of stuff. Um, so the biggest breakthrough was not a single product or a single platform that I was able to use to get myself organized. I would say the biggest breakthrough that I had was getting this mentor. Um, and she told me it was all about mentality. Um, and she said something that really stuck out in my mind. And I've been able to apply that to my business ever since. And I've seen the growth within that. And that is um, specifically like who put that S on your chest? You know, like who told you that you had to be superwoman and you have to know all these things? Yeah. If you have one specific zone of genius, do that, be that, and then everything else will fall into play. You have to find some, like, you know, Victoria's Secret didn't start off like handmade. That's just my story. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be handmade the rest of my life. I want to be able to streamline that process, you know? Like, yeah. even though that's my, yes, I'm, I'm, I am a designer, you know, but... I also cook dinner every day. So <laughs> my time is limited. Or, you know, I'm just saying like, that's one thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so understanding that type of mind frame, um, I was able to give myself grace. I was able to um, reach out to people with humility and be like, hey, I like you're actually like really great with that. Can you, you know, kind of help me here? Um, and I, I mean, I'm always like a talkative person, you know, when I do interact with people. But to be able to like let my guard down and be like, yeah, I don't know everything, or I don't, you know, know how to do this, but but you're great at it. That's what's helped me tremendously as far as a breakthrough girl goes. Yeah, just uh, the whole scope of my business. Yeah, that's great. Um, I feel like that kind of plays into the next question, which is, do you ever feel burnout? I, I still, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of my biggest concerns, um, with that, um, is the messaging because I want to keep, I want to keep the kind of handmade, really intent, um, intimate intent for, for lingerie, um, without, having to be handmade like the rest of the the tenure mm -hmm. you know what i mean of my company so burnout is real um sometimes like as i'm sewing i'll have a one-year-old on my lap you know and i'm stopping and starting and stopping and starting and by the time i'm starting it's now 11 o'clock p.m yeah <laughs> and, and you know i have to be ready to go to actual work the next day so burnout is real um i just I had to get better at prioritizing. And one of those things, uh, one of those things were like, um, I'm very uh, environmentally friendly. So I, I learned that I don't have to make, like even if I have three products out of my collection, I don't have to make 10 of each right off top. Right. I'll just make one. When, person, when a person makes that order, I'll make one. And that allows me to not burn myself out and feel like I have to make all 10, you know, right now, right here, because I'm not a, I'm not a factory. Yeah. Um, so it's just giving myself more grace. Um, but yeah, burnout still happens. Um, you still feel pressure to meet certain timelines or 
when you see other brands and other, you know, self-starting companies get the publicity or the exposure that you're hoping to get, that's a mental burnout, you know? Um, so it's, it's all real, but it's, it's something that you could acknowledge and, and feel okay about because everybody goes through it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I listened to your interview with Damsels in Detroit podcast. Oh, it was so good. I loved it. Um, and you guys talked a lot about confidence. So I want to ask, how do you gain more confidence, especially when you're having a bad day or you're just having like negative self-talk? What do you do to build that confidence? Yeah, um, it was so hard. Um, I'll say with my second child, um, my body changed drastically and my boobs were no longer there. <laughs> and whatever hips I did have with my first child, they just disappeared on the second one. So I'm like, hello, we're back. Um, so a lot of that um, negatively impacted even my relationship with my husband because um, he didn't like he didn't know what I was going through, but all of a sudden, you know, like sex drops or it might not drop in my head. You know, I still want it, but I don't feel desirable. Right. So that's that's my own head trash um, implicating these thoughts and creating a whole nother world that's really not there. You know what I mean? Like, so I had to get out of the space where if he doesn't say anything, that means that he doesn't want me. Right. Whereas I needed to get into the space where like, I'm still valued. I'm, I still look damn good actually. So I'm like forcing myself almost like take more pictures. That's where lingerie at that point really became a helm for me because like I started, I, I really was putting myself in an uncomfortable space wearing my own products. Like I had to walk it. Like I talk it right. Yeah. Like if I'm telling someone who, it doesn't matter what size they are. If I'm telling someone who's a different size to be more confident, um, you know, like who am I if I if I can't, you know, really understand that concept as well. So um, lingerie helped me being able to do different things and get a different perspective helped me. So um, I was able to kind of get more immersed into nature and finding inspiration just in calmness. Um, because like you said, a lot of it is like that, that kind of head talk, you know what I mean? And we tend to create issues that aren't necessarily always there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, um, my habits had to change to reflect, um, that I'm able to build myself up and I don't have to wait for anybody else around me to do that. Right. And, and that, that helped me not place blame on someone who had nothing to do with my body change <laughs> versus getting me pregnant. You know, right. that's, that's all, like, responsible. So I, I had to shift that blame, you know, because that, that would cause issues. And you know, like, where is this coming from? You know, I don't know, <laughs> but that's it, you know? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that, that was been my biggest takeaway from that. I For like sure. That. I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> What are you curious about learning right now? Um, that's a good question. What am I curious about learning right now? Um, so I kind of have twofold type of things that I'm getting into. I still, I don't know if I'm a serial entrepreneur, 
but I just love so many things. Like I like to put flower arrangements together and that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to start a floral business, but Hey, what if that's a thing? Right. <laughs> you know, like, um, or if it doesn't match up with exactly lingerie or breakfast at six, you know what I mean? Like, what does that mean? Does that mean that I'm diverting my attention or, you know, like you, you hear a lot of podcasts, I think that, you know, are very like, um, just offer their, offer their perspective on that, but you have to run your own life at the end of it all. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm interested in expanding different, um, talents or, or, or just things that I enjoy so that I don't get that burnout from just breakfast at six. Um, but on that end, I'm also, um, preparing or, you know, like looking into the manufacturing aspect for breakfast at six, um, so that I'm not, it's not just a one person thing. Um, that'll be able to, that'll, that'll enable me to help obviously boost sales. Um, and then also create a larger size range, um, from extra, extra small to like five X, you know what I mean? Right. Like I need to be able to conquer that manufacturing aspect with breakfast at six. And so like, that's, that's like my biggest next steps or the things that I'm interested in is, you know, like figuring out things because our degrees, or I'll just say for mine, you know, like it doesn't, it didn't teach me everything. Right. A lot of it is a la carte or get it how you live. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it got me, it got me into my Chrysler internship, but as far as fashion design, yes. you know, like there's still a lot to learn. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can do it. I know you can. <laughs> Um, what woman or women inspire you? Hmm. I have a lot. Um, I love June Ambrose. I think I had mentioned her earlier. Mm-hmm. She's the star uh, to many, but, um, you know, she did from Missy Elliott to Beyonce, Jay-Z. Um, but besides of the, besides the names, um, I'm not caught up in that. I love how she intertwines her work with her children. Um, and because I kind of have like this this particular space in lingerie, I try to always find out like, how can I get my children involved without them being like, you know, tainted to, I don't know, different pictures of, of women's bodies <laughs> and things like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't let them work on that, but what, what things, you know, like, can they work on? So I love... Um, kind of like the energy that June Ambrose gives. So I try to channel that. Um, I am particularly like fanning over Hanifa. Um, She's a Congolese designer and she just did a 3D virtual fashion show um, that was never seen before in the fashion world. Wow. So, um, you know, so that was new and there was like a black woman doing this and breaking, you know, barriers and, everyone's you know like swooning over the product itself is, is beautiful too but um i just love uh the trailblazing aspect of hanifa um so i'll say that and then what other woman um i mean i just i, I know so many you know just down to earth you know like bilateral women you know that i talk to on a day-to-day also who inspire me like even from like just since you know we're talking about power of her podcast like i love janessa yes. i love erica um 
who else? I love also like Madison, um, Madison Williams. She's like starting a, a whole vintage collection and, you know, she's from Lansing. I think, I think Lansing in particular has so many different um, men and women that, you know, like that kind of like we were bred in this uh, zone of creativity that we didn't even know until like, you know, like how we were talking about earlier, we didn't even know until we got to this part, you yeah. know, this part. No. Um, so yeah, a lot of women, you know, um, regardless of their celebrity status, really influenced me um, to keep going or to think about this or to, you know, like, oh, that's that's dope. Let me, you know, go over there. So I, I, I take influence um, important. It's important to me. You know, I take that serious um, because you don't you don't want to be like a sheep and be a follower you know what i mean but mm-hmm. uh be influenced by people who are true at heart you know and genuine you you really know who that is and you, and you can see that right i think yeah absolutely so, yeah um so with everything going on in the world today um and i know we touched base on this a little bit before we started recording but how would you like to see your community improve and what steps do you think people could take to achieve that oh my gosh Jeff you are hitting me with the question (laughs) so okay how do I your first question was how do I want to see my community improve yes um I know and I'm just gonna say it and then like maybe clean it up after if it needs to get cleaned up um, but I also like I'm known for speaking candidly. Um, <laughs> I would love for everyone in my community um, to make their own tables, to make their own space. Um, at first, I really love I like I, I still love it. I love the initiative of like uh, there's this thing on Instagram called pull up for change. And, and that means, you know, like holding um corporations responsible for reporting back how many black people do you have at this executive level you know or if if you're a cosmetic line you know what i mean like how many people are really calling the shots that are women or women of color you know like what are those percents looking like um and the response that i saw was like oh my god i can't believe so and so only has six percent oh my god you know i can't believe at that point, we have to really look in introspectively and be like, okay, well, your 6% is not good enough. You know what I mean? Like, right. just say that you're not for us. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> just say that you're not for, you know, Black improvement or you that was never on your radar. And, and some of them are saying that and some are not. But I don't want to wait for that change. I want us to be like, even if it's, so th- this might like lead into your second part question, like what could that be? Even if it's dropping ego, and I I only call it ego because everyone has their own business, right? Everybody mm-hmm. has, you know, whatever they started. If we could come collectively together, like I would even entertain um, a lawn- another black lingerie or intimate, or maybe they have loungewear or whatever, like let's combine this. Yeah, I don't necessarily call it breakfast at six. I could just be really good at this. And this is collective economics to where we are a force now. Right. It's not single soldiers. While single soldiers are great, 
You know what I mean? Like we have the opportunity, especially now, to create something large and impactful and now. You know what I mean? So my father-in-law actually yesterday, he called me like, a, he, he said, you're really a, you're really a rebel or, you know, something. Cause I, I was like, I, I heard the news that like, you know, NBA where t- they're talking about like not, not playing, you know, some players are talking about not playing because right. of this, this, this uh, revolution that's happening right now that they need answers that, the, that they need something different to mm-hmm. show up. And so he's like, no, I want basketball. I'm like, no, you know what? I can hold out on the season if this is what that means. Right. So he was like, radical. It's not radical in a sense where, I know that this is the chance chance to seize opportunity. Um, you know what I mean? And if we could come together collectively to make even stronger our economics, I I I one thousand percent have every single intention to hire black women, black men, black whomever within Breakfast at Six. And if I can combine companies or do something like that, I would be open to that conversation because I know that there's a greater message out there. You know what I mean? That yeah. that um, to show black bodies in an intimate way. We're not just at the strip clubs. We're not just good for twerking. You know what I mean? Like we are black love. We have black marriages. We have black sensuality. You know, like we have these body constructs that just are not always shown in the media and it needs to be there. So it's not about my ego that, oh, I started this, this is my baby. This is just like, this company could flip into however, whatever, it just has to be right. So, you know, I, I think that that's the biggest thing for me is, is like making the community a true community of impact. Um, and that's crazy that you asked me that because I never said that out loud. But like, now that I say that, I'm like, yeah, like, let's go, <laughs> let's do this. I really love that answer. And I love how, you know, you mentioned the economics of it. And I feel like that's something that we don't talk a lot about in the black community. Um, And just like black ownership. And I I was asking my husband the other day. It was like actually a few weeks ago, maybe even a few months ago. I don't know. I'm just losing track of time. (laughs) But I, I just asked him, I said, you know, I wonder when the civil rights era ended, right? how much that impacted black businesses, you know, because when I imagine that time period, I imagine, you know, you know, there's a black grocery store, there's a black library, there's, there's all these black owned businesses and like what happened, what happened to them, you know? Um, And I just love the idea of, you know, black people owning more, right. And creating our own spaces um, in, in, I think just stop trying to assimilate into a society that isn't creating things for us anyways, you know? Um, So yeah, I love, I loved your answer. I loved, um, I love that thinking process. Well, I mean, like you said, you know, like where did it all go? Um, If we had this, and and, and that's not to say we didn't have it, you know, like there's, there's instances where history has shown us whenever we get really big, like Tulsa, Oklahoma, or in Philly, um, when we get really, or in Detroit, you know, when yeah. we get really big, there are um, powers that be, whatever you want to call it, that turns it detrimental to us. And we are the largest group that's affected by it. You know, like even in Jewish communities, I, I haven't seen that. Right. I mean, the, the, black, the black village in New York, uh, in Central Park, Seneca Village, 
you know, like that was that was started by black freed slaves. Yes. So we always had this kind of spark of coming together, um, you know, but like 2020 is going to look different. Mm-hmm. This this new generation is looking different. Yes. And, you know, like you're having that conversation with your husband and I have that with mine. I'm like, look, if we need to combine something, I will. Because I know that that in, in turn will be even bigger than what we're doing. Right. Um, but yeah, I, that, that's really an important conversation to have. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I have a few rapid fires for Uh-oh, you. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, what book are you Order. currently reading? Wait, 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 pause. Does this mean like <laughs> shorter answers too or? Yeah, just like quick answers. They're like, like really quick. Okay. Yeah. So what book are you currently reading? Mm, I'm finishing up Queenie. Oh, I've been wanting to read that. Is it good? Okay. So I'm not physically reading it, but it's an audio book. Yeah. And I, because I, I feel like I can do a London town accent. <laughs> so Queenie is being um, uh, spoken in a, like an English, like, hey, bruv. Like, you know, <laughs> so I love listening to that. I'm, I'm guilty. So Queenie. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, three things you do for self-care. Mm, three things that I do for self-care. I run to Starbucks whenever I want to. Like um, physically uh, run or like just go? Just go. <laughs> <laughs> I just go. Um, or my local coffee shop. There's also a Black-owned uh, coffee shop called Narrowway here in Detroit. Um, so shout out to them. I'll do that. Um I'm also, uh, this is going to be a big part of my self-care. Like, I'm working on my own kind of dressing room within my own office. So I feel like that that makes me feel more, I don't know. Like, I I realized one time I just came down here because I had a, like, I had a dress in my office that I wanted to put on. And I was like, I actually like getting dressed down here versus, like, in my room. Yeah. This makes me feel like, you know, oh, I'm going to my boss layer. Like you said, like, you know, creating that zone. Right? Yeah. So, like like creating a zone for me and um I'm kind of like doing that within my home and not letting these kids take over every single part of of the territory every part Um, marking your territory is (laughs) 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 self-care um and then I'm working on like like a I think I have we yeah we did mention this earlier just like the different um things that I enjoy doing like putting flowers together and um, I'm even like practicing more yoga. Um, my friend Jasmine, actually Jasmine, <laughs> um, also from Lansing, she's, you know, into yoga. So she's kind of like opening my eyes out or, you know, um, perspective out on that. I'm Jasmine also Garrett, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But like, like that's what you know. Like we, we kind of hung out in high school, but you know, like even more now, we're like staying connected. Um, and I'm also writing a little bit. So, um, whether that's just like in my own journal or contributing to a couple of like black magazines, um, I've been uh, and and speaking specifically on like intimacy or self love and you know things like that. So I've been able to express myself in different ways even more now. Um, that has been therapeutic for me, Great. for sure. Um, what's your favorite meal at a Michigan restaurant? Ooh, does it, it any meal? Any meal? 
Okay. <laughs> I love this place called Bakersfield. Okay. If you, and it's in Detroit. Um, I also have a little cringe. I, maybe this is just me. Sorry. I have a little cringe when businesses call themselves like something Detroit and they're not in Detroit. I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like if they're in the suburbs, it's like something Detroit, but they're like in Rochester. Yeah. 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 So, but that's, that's not this place. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought about a good restaurant that was like, coming. anyway, sorry, this is rapid fire. So I love <laughs> Bakersfield. <laughs> Um, they have two dollar tacos. Um, I know, right? Like, and they're like good street street kind of tacos. Um, uh, me and my friends, we kind of made that a space to go to because um, we all have like multiple kids. Um, so we just kind of made that a quick and dirty spot to go to and drink and talk stuff and and have a good time. So Bakersfield is that spot for me. I'm gonna have to try that out. Yes. <laughs> What's your favorite song that you're listening to right now? Ooh. Um, okay, it's old, but Janet Jackson, if. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why, I just like the beat. Yeah. Um, a little more recent, um, I'm into like Kelly Rowland, that coffee. Coffee, in the mm-hmm. I like, like when I'm working on my breakfast at six stuff, like that is breakfast at six to me, yeah. right? Like that essence. Um, so she really inspires me. And that song, I was like, dang, if, if I didn't, you know, own rights to this song, <laughs> this would be on my website. Because <laughs> that's exactly, I feel like what breakfast at six is. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. In the morning. Fuel. You know what you need to do is for your next photo shoot, just play that song in the background and then like take behind the scenes videos with the song playing. Come on, you're a genius. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I, I just feel like that's the vibe, you know. I feel that's, like that's what I need to see. That's the vibe, yeah. exactly. So that like I'm I'm in between. I really love like you know still my old sc- songs, old school. But the ones that are not necessarily always radio play, um, I, I like listening to stuff like that. They just hit differently. Yeah. Kirby. Have you heard of Kirby? No. Let me write um, this down. So they played her on Insecure. And she has this line on here talking about I'm sweeter than Kool-Aid. Like something you can't buy at the grocery store. She just went in. I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> That's breakfast at six, too. Um, <laughs> So. so side note, I'm super late to the insecure like bandwagon. So I like Uh-oh. I didn't have HBO, so I wasn't watching it. So I finally was like, forget it. I'm just gonna pay for HBO because this is ridiculous. So we're on season three, but okay. my husband and I have been watching it every night for like the past week, and it is so good. I'm so mad that I'm just not watching it. How does your husband like it? He loves it. He's like, this is like in my top ten favorite shows. It's so. And, <laughs> What I what I keep saying is like for one it's it's a show that's so much for the culture right yeah but I'm yeah. like these characters are people that I know like they're my friends these are conversations mm-hmm. that I have with my friends on a regular basis saying mm-hmm. stupid stuff like you know yeah. like or thinking things yes yes and it's funny and it's light but like I just I just love it I love everything yeah. about it so yeah. if if I could. Oh. That's another woman who inspired Issa Rae. And then yeah. she also has um, this, I, I follow a lot of set designers, um, you know, like the people who are really underground doing that footwork. Yeah. Like this woman, Fionette. 
I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, or maybe it's Shion, um, but she's responsible for all the looks on Insecure, mm-hmm. and those are looks, right? Yeah. So like, I love her style. I love her work, um, and I would love to work with her one day. Yeah. I'll just put. Okay, yeah. we we putting that out there for you. Yes. <laughs> so enjoy Insecure. I won't drop any hints on the finale so <laughs> I mean everybody's already done it on social media it's like thanks guys I'm still on season three just give me some time to catch up okay <laughs> um well since this podcast is called power of her is there anything you'd like to say to empower our listeners um anything that I want to say to empower the listeners yeah I would say first of all apologize for the background music you're good (laughs) something that I really want to resonate I'll just repeat and that's understanding your zone of genius and letting others around you compliment that Um, you have a voice for a reason and the strength within that voice is like bar none I don't care how how simple the idea uh, is or how many followers you have or don't have, what's in the bank, what's not in the bank. Um, people are just so valuable and our voices are so valuable no matter who you are or where you're at in your life span. So if I could really empower somebody, it's just that like nothing is ordinary. You know what I mean? Like nobody knows anything and and the more you think you know the more you don't Mm -hmm. or the more you learn the more you realize you have more to learn you know what I mean so like just because I'm I'm year three in breakfast at six does not mean I made it by any means you know like you're hosting this podcast and you still like all the amazing women that you've talked to before you know like you still have so many more women to find and you are bringing them to the table to to give us a platform to talk you know what I mean so like what you're doing is life work um so you know like just just don't take anything um as minimal nothing nothing is minimal unless you have like a minimalistic aesthetic you know like where you don't have a picture but that's different (laughs) don't think that anything is minimal of what you're doing um because people see you people value you and um, and whatever is telling you like not, you know, like that that's opposite. That's only called head trash. You know what I mean? Like head trash is something that you have to constantly flush out. It's not just a one-time thing. It's not just a filter. Um, it's constant work. You know what I mean? But like once we get past that head trash, I could really attest to the fact that that is an empowering thing in and of itself. So. If I could, if I could lay that there for the power of her, the power of her podcast, like, you know, your work is so important and you have a zone of genius that you are responsible for putting out. For Sarah, sure. I did not know you were coming to preach today. <laughs> <laughs> coming through with a word. <laughs> Thank you. I needed yeah. to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, you're like, you know, even what you're doing is like, so people want to be heard. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, like, even for me, you know, like you reached out to me, but that doesn't mean that I, I've had you on my, on my radar, you know, before, like, I would love to just talk to her or I would love this platform, you know, like there, there's so many different, um, 
avenues in which people could talk, you know, like across and, and up, you know what I mean? So yeah. there's, there's a lot of different ways to get to that. And, and your work is important too. So thank you for having me. Thank you. So how can people find you or connect with you? Yes. So they can find me on, um, I'm really active on social media with breakfast at six on my Instagram. That's at breakfast underscore at six. And that's S I X. <laughs> and then my personal is Mrs. Waston. That's W A S T O N. Um, I'm also on Facebook at breakfast at six. Um, and I am, what else am I at? I'm not on Twitter. Oh, so I'm on, on, on Pinterest and I have a lot of fun on Pinterest. I post like date night ideas. I post looks, I post moods. I post like my past collections on there. So you can get like, like for example, if it's Candyland, um, I post ideas to like kind of make a romantic Candyland scene. You know what I mean? And like set the vibe that way. So even if I'm not necessarily selling it, I, I kind of curate these different collections on my Pinterest. So you can follow me on Pinterest. That's breakfast at six. I love that. Well, Sarah, thank you. Thank you so much for for taking time out to be here with me today. Yeah. For having me, Jasmine, again. This was fun. It was I fun. love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's always so necessary now. Yes, indeed. And always. Yes. Well, I will let you get back to your your day and enjoy your family time in your Starbucks. I know your cup's been sitting there waiting for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See ya. Mm -hmm.